Good to see everybody. If you're ready for some word, get out your Bibles, your Bible apps, your note-taking stuff, and, uh, and let's get into some things today. I think on uh, what better thing to do on Mother's Day than to hear from God. And so I'm continuing today my series called The Voice, Hearing from God in a Noisy World. You can find Romans chapter 8. That would be most excellent. Romans chapter 8. You know, God wants to talk to you. He has things to say. Yeah? Our part, of course, is to pay attention. Our part is to discern what's him, what's not him. Pick out his voice out of the other voices. And, of course, to heed what he says. There's always that responsibility to do something with what God says to you. And, and so I want to take this a little bit further today. Uh, you know, I was sharing with you previously uh, about hindrances to hearing God's voice, all right? God can do what he wants to do, and he's, he's all capable in and of himself. He's not lacking in ability. But there are two people in the, in the equation. Uh, it's not a one-way or a one-sided relationship, God will do his part, but we have a, a role to play in this relationship and, and hearing from God. Uh, and, and I shared with you previously that, uh, that one hindrance is the issue of shame. When someone feels unworthy, when someone feels, uh, you know, condemned, guilty of various things, that serves as a block as a hindrance to hearing from God. We talked about Israel, how they told Moses, don't, don't let God speak to us. If God talks to us, we're gonna die. You know? And I understand that feeling. A lot of times, if people's, uh, you know, their notion of what God wants to say and their own understanding of their own faults and failures produces a conflict there that says, if a holy God speaks to unholy me, something's going to go boom, <laughs> and it's me. And they say, told, they told Moses, you talk to us. You tell us what he has to say, but don't let him talk to us directly. <laughs> See, and, and it's also true in our lives today. If we are sin conscious then it serves as a block. And, you know, many people feel like they're just not even good enough for God to talk to them. They're unworthy to hear his voice. But this sin nature, thank God it goes away in Christ. I mean, he becomes our substitute. And we are now, if you're saved, if you've received the Lord, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. So you don't approach him based on I'm good enough or I'm not good enough. Jesus was good enough. Therefore, I qualify to hear God's voice. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's very important for us to recognize that the revelation of our, of our own righteousness in Christ opens the door for us to hear. All right. Let, let's look at Romans chapter 8 and, and notice with me verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know that's true? God is for you and not against you? Yeah, he's not your enemy. He's not here to pound you down. He's here to lift you up. Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I want you to notice the logic that Paul is using. He's saying, you think that God might be withholding some stuff that you need in life? 
Have you not heard that he gave his only son? <laughs> well, Will, does God want me to be healed? He gave you Jesus. Will, will God help me with my finances? He gave you Jesus. I mean, anything you can think of, how many know it's less than giving your son? It's less than Jesus being crucified on your behalf. Anything you could ask for is less than that. If you start asking for more, more than that, I'm gonna say, hey, you're asking a little high here. I don't know what that would be. But anything we need or can even imagine in life is gonna be less than God giving his own son. That's the point he's making. He gave you Jesus. What's the answer to everything else? Yes. Done. Easy. Verse 33, who, uh, uh, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? See the questions? They're questions without answers directly. Who shall bring the charge against us, God's elect? It is God who justifies. He's the one who makes us right. That was his doing. That was his desire to make you right with him, to justify. He goes on to say, who is he who condemns? Well, it is Christ who died and furthermore also risen, who, even, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So if the idea is that God is condemning me or God is against me or he's here to accuse and to pronounce my guilt, he's saying, you've got this all backwards. He's the one doing the other thing. The condemner, that's the other dude. The one who's accusing is the other person. It is the Lord who is lifting, justifying. He's declaring your righteousness in Christ. He's the one who wants to freely give you all things. That's the God we serve. So if we get an understanding, revelation of our righteousness in Christ and of God's attitude and his desire to do good things in us, then now we're open to have a conversation because I know I'm having a conversation with someone who, who loves me, who justified me in Christ, who freely wants to give me all things. So there should be no fear in this. There should be no, I'm not good enough to hear from God. I'm not worthy enough to hear his voice. Everybody with me today? Why don't you say it out loud? Say, I'm good enough for God to speak to me. Why are you good enough? Because you lived a perfect life? Because you always toe the line? No, no, because your goodness is found in Jesus. And he was good enough. So we, we take that, and therefore we're good enough for God to speak to us. Amen. Now watch. This doesn't mean that everything God has to say is all sweet. It's all cookies and ice cream. Right? It just doesn't mean that anytime God is speaking that it will never be serious or even firm or strong because some things God have, has to say, they're not all just fluffy. They're serious words. But here's the point. They're still not harsh. They're still not condemning. Even when the Lord talks to us about strong things, very serious things, his voice is gentle with us, not harsh towards us. Think about it, because if we're discerning what's God and what's not God, 
This thought that I keep having come to me, is that, is that God talking to me? Well, what, kind of, what does it sound like? I don't mean is it high-pitched or low-pitched. What's the tone of the message? Is it a harsh message? Harsh message? Then I'm going to say, no, no. Can it be strong? I want you to do this. It can be. I remember being in a, a meeting one time many years ago, and it's always stood out to me. There were probably, you know, maybe 10,000 people there, and the, the man of God was ministering at, to a few individuals by the Spirit, you know, with words from God. And, and I don't remember anything about anyone except for this one person. He, he had, had a word from God for him. And uh, in most of us, we think, awesome, a word from God. That's great. And, but I remember this word. Because here, here, here was the word of God to this person. When are you going to do what I told you to do? <laughs> ah. Now, it wasn't a condemning word, but it was obvious that God had been speaking to this person. And the Lord said, that was the only thing he had to say to him at that point. Uh, when are you going to do what I already told you to do? And so uh, the voice that we're listening for, though, it is a voice of love, and it's a voice of healing and hope. It, it, it is a voice of comfort. It is also, at times, a voice of correction, instruction. It's a powerful voice. Let's just understand this. It's not a condemning voice. Even if he tells you something to do or reminds you of something he already told you to do, uh, it's not a condemning voice. What kind of things will he say? This helps me to discern. He won't condemn, but he also won't condone sin. He's not, if you come to the Lord and say, oh, Lord, I've been messing up. I've been doing this and this and this. He's not going to say, ah, it's no big deal. That's hardly even sin anymore. <laughs> the Lord's not going to say, I've been watching the news, and I guess that's not sin anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He's, he's not going to condone, but he's also not going to be harsh with you over it. What's the word? It's going to be about forgiveness the blood of Jesus. It's gonna be about uh, his acceptance of you in Christ and so forth. And so shame is a, is a hindrance, all right? If you feel like a rascal, uh, get your mind cleansed in the blood of Jesus, in the love of God, and know that your Father is for you and not against you, yeah? Let me give you a few more. Uh, hopefully, I can give you three more hindrances to hearing God's voice. The second one is a lack of respect. A lack of respect. If you would, take a left turn there in your Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Maybe you know this passage. Jesus said here in verse 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. What's the word? Jesus telling them what not to do. You don't give holy things to unappreciative, dirty animals. <laughs> you don't give pearls to pigs. They have no respect. They have no appreciation. They have no respect for that. Okay, if that's the truth, and he's not literally talking about pearls, uh, would God also follow this same pattern in speaking to people? Would he give holy things to people who do not appreciate them, to people who do not respect 
the value of what he has to say? Is it true that God gives indiscriminately the same things to everybody? Meaning, what I'm talking about is the same words, the same revelation, the same understanding. Will he say the same things to everybody independent of how their heart is towards him and towards what he's saying? Does everybody know the answer? The answer is no. No, he's not going to violate this. That's not the way he, he does it. Do we then have something to do with what God will say to us? Is it not all on him? Is it also, also partially on us that determines the content of our conversation? If we will be respectful, we open our hearts to more of what he has to say. But if we despise what he says and what is holy and good and perfect and true, then he's gonna share what his holy things with someone else. Everybody with me today? See, we have something to do with this. Proverbs 1 verse 7 reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so who gets the wisdom? <laughs> the, those who have the fear of the Lord. What do we mean by that? The awe, the respect, the ability to recognize holy things and treat them as such. When we do that, we open up ourselves for God to give us more and more. It opens for increase and promotion and further communication. Yeah, sometimes what we're doing is we are shutting down God's communication towards us by our improper dealing with his holy things. Everybody okay? Sometimes it can be, it can be very practical. You say, well, how do I know if I'm being reverent towards God's holy things? Well, you might know inwardly. I'm not here to to pronounce a, a judgment upon you, but sometimes natural things, spiritual things are revealed in how we act, okay? For example, when you come to church, we can use that example, right? When you come to church, is there any plan to hear from God? Is there any plan to make note of it? Is it, when you come to church to hear from God, hopefully you're not just going through the religious motions and doing your duty, because that's not really what we teach around here. I mean, do you have one of these? It can be digital. I'm not condemning the digital versions of these. Do you, come, do you have a Bible? I mean, you know. I've told you this before. I'll say it again, because there's always people joining our church every week. Uh, there's a reason I don't put all the scriptures on the screen. I don't want you to, I really don't want you to treat church like a movie Amen. where there's no effort put into it. You expend no energy to look, to study, to think, to engage the Lord, but you actually have to make the strenuous motion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But I don't really want a church over time where no one knows any scriptures. Because, well, I listen real good. I know, but do you remember anything? What do you write down? 
I mean, do you, some of you take notes on your, your phone and so forth. Awesome. Some of you take notes on the bulletin and take a picture of it to store it later. And some of you don't ever take a note, ever. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, are you smiling because you're condemning? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really don't mean it in that way. I'm just saying there's an approach to the things of God that shows reverence to what we're doing. If Jesus called you up and said, I'm meeting with, have a meeting with you on Thursday at two o'clock and uh, I wanna share with you something very important. He had a physical meeting. Would you make any preparation for that meeting? Would you say, oh, I'm gonna record this. I'm gonna get down. What, he, what is he about to say? He's gonna communicate. Your expectation would be high and reverential for the meeting. But sometimes we let church just blow by us week after week after week and we stay in the same place because of our lack of reverence for what he has to say. And we limit the content of what he wants to communicate. Everybody okay? See, I, I know this by principle and I know this by practice that for some reason, when I am ministering the word like I am now, there are some times it just comes out of me with such force and thoughts and revelation come to my mind faster than my mouth can keep up. And it's just God all over. He said, I mean, just amazing. And other times, not often, but I'll just tell you, not often, not often here. We have a great house. But occasionally, <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it's like... I am trying to get this word out and I have notes and I'm prepared and, and one service will be off the chart, awesome. And then another service will be like, oh wow, that was torture. I don't think I'm called anymore. I think, what, 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 why wasn't, because it's just hard to get it out. What's the difference? God hasn't changed. And I can tell you in my situation, I haven't changed. Same preparation went into all three, yeah. But sometimes, it's the heart condition of individuals to receive that limits what God's going to say. That is so very real. And we can up our game in this by saying, just, I mean, even if it's just on the way to church, and it's, it's this, it's, Lord, I'm about to hear from you today. Whew. Think about that. Oh, what a blessing. I am so privileged, so blessed, so favored of God. You're about to talk to me today. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ready to get it. I'm gonna be paying attention. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the bathroom before service. <laughs> if possible. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I can do to not be distracted because you're about to speak to me through your word and through ministry gifts. Come on, just that attitude alone increases what God is going to say. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's number two. Number three is kind of related. It's called a lack of response. A lack of response. I hinder the voice of God to me by my lack of response to what he says. Let me say it this way. Whatever he said to me last time, my response to that determines what he's going to say to me next time. What he said to me last time is either going to be repeated perpetually for the rest of my life, or I will be able to make advancements 
and hear something more, something else. But if I do not respond to what he previously said to me in a proper way, I put a lid on the revelation that I am, op- that I am able to receive from my father. Amen. Many times, people, by ignoring God's voice, resign themselves to live in a state in which they were prior to him speaking. They continue on in the same level, and therefore future communication is limited to what they can handle at their current level. If God speaks to you at Again, this is not scriptural, just for illustration purposes. If God speaks to you at level five and you never have a proper response to what he communicates to you at level five, he's never going to communicate with you level six stuff. You could be a believer for decades and still be hearing the same type of communication until you properly respond to it. Think about it this way. Uh, What is God's message to an unbeliever? What does he have to say to them? I'll tell you in short, things like this. I love you. I want you. Jesus shed his blood for you. Salvation is available to you. I want you in my, those kind of things. Jesus died for your sins. You can be forgiven, have eternal life. That's basically the message to you. Yeah? What does God have to say to you? That. Okay, now what if the unbeliever does not respond to that message in the affirmative saying, yes, and I want that and I accept and I believe? Then what's God's message to that person tomorrow? The same thing. What if they continue to just kind of not do anything with that and they come back five years? Does the Lord have a new message for them? No, every other message is irrelevant. Nothing else God has to say to that person really means anything because salvation is the main issue. So he's gonna communicate with that person based on their level, based on what they need, based on... uh, uh, based on whatever condition they're in, and it's gonna be repeated. Okay, now you get saved, you respond, say, yes, Lord, I believe I receive, and you, you, you get born again. You have eternal life. Does this message change to you? Yes, he ha- not, it's, not it's different, but he has more to say. He'll talk to you further about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He'll talk to you about his plan and purpose for your life, and the, the sky is the limit, what he might take you from there towards, but it's because you properly responded to what he, what he already said. Okay, if that's true with salvation and then the furtherance of God's plan, what about everything else? Whatever he might be saying to you today, is it the same thing he's been saying to you for 10 years? Say, well, yeah, it's like he hasn't, he hasn't progressed. He's not like taking me on further. <laughs> well, giddy up. You can stay in sixth grade if you want. <laughs> or you can say, what's a proper response to what he has already said? Yeah, I did this message years ago called RSVP. Any French speakers in the house? <laughs> French fry, French toast, respondez s'il vous plaît. You know, when you have a wedding or you have a party or you have something like that, you send out RSVP, what's your, what are you supposed to do? 
ignore it if you're not coming? <laughs> no, you're supposed to respond either way with, what is it, regrets or what's the other one? Accept, I'm coming. Uh, God wants a response from us. He wants us to be responsive people. Yeah, respond to him continually. Talk, to, talk back. Yes, Lord. Respond to him when his spirit moves upon you. Be expressive. Yeah? And when he gives you a revelation, acknowledge it. He speaks to you. Say, Lord, that was you. That was you. I heard someone say one time that good things were happening in their life, and they just they looked up to heaven and said, God, I know that was you. <laughs> they caught him in the act, being good to them. But it was a good practice. It was like, I know you did that. That was too good. That had to be you. But being responsive to God is a very important thing that we can do so that we can continue and advance. Let me read a few, few verses to you. Just listen or look on the screen. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What, what, is, what is to you sin? What you know to do and don't do. Not just what you don't do, what you know to do and don't do. He said, that's sin. So when we know something, the responsibility then shifts to us to do the right thing with it. If I don't know it, okay, well, I don't know it. There's nothing to act on. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Why would someone heap up to themselves teachers? Because they have found satisfaction and joy in just hearing new things. Hear something else. Hear something else. I want to be taught more, 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 more. God, talk to me, 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 talk to me. I just want to hear from you, hear from you, hear from you, hear from you, hear from you. But how many know there's a problem with that? There's a problem because with the person who recognizes that when God speaks, it's holy, it should be valued and treasured, and that I should respond appropriately accordingly to that word, they might not say, speak to me, 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 speak to me. More, 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 more. Because they know every time he speaks, I have something to do. And every time he reveals, I'm now accountable for what he revealed. So maybe our desire is, Lord... Give me the right thing, the right place, the right time, and nothing more. <laughs> Talk to me, but, you know, in a measure where I can respond appropriately and honor you and act on your word, and once I'm good there, then give me something else, but not just itching ears, not being doers of the word. That's what James 1.22 tells us, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. So do we want to hear the voice of God? Yes, with a little asterisk by that. Yes, I want to hear with the full intention and commitment to do what he says to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 reads, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. So, so watch. It's not all God. It's not all the Holy Spirit. My despising of prophecies or inspired utterance 
it will quench what he's trying to say. So again, it's not all God. It's he's the giver. But my response to what he says to me determines what happens next or if there's anything else to be said from that point forward. Amen? So here's the word. Here's a hindrance. It's a lack of response. We need to commit to responding appropriately. And then lastly, today, number four, is a lack of faith. A lack of faith. I know I'm presenting these in a negative light. You can turn them all around, make them positive if you want, if it makes you feel better. Be respectful, be responsive, believe, so forth. But a lack of faith is also a hindrance. In other words, if we do not believe that God can and that he will speak to us, it blocks communication. It's just like everything else. It's just like salvation. We don't say, well, if the Lord wants me saved, I'll be saved. No, he does. You have to choose. Well, if the Lord wants me healed, if the Lord wants my prayer answered, if the Lord wants this, then he'll just do it. Come on. That's silly. If God were just having his will and his way, the planet Earth would be heaven. It's our response to what he says. It's our, it, our believing in this. So if I'm gonna hear his voice, I need to believe that he's talking, he wants to, he will. I need to believe that I can hear, that I'm able to hear his voice. Think about this. If you know this, this principle, your level of faith and your spiritual maturity are the same thing. But I don't wanna go into that further. But think about a child who's... Uh, a child and the parent's communication with the child. How many know it is contingent upon a couple of things? One is their ability to understand. You're not gonna have some conversations with a five-year-old that you would have with a 15-year-old. Why? They're not gonna get this. Let me, let's go over the family budget, little Johnny. <laughs> Put the tinker toys away and, or whatever they play with now. What are the, the Legos. Put your iPad away. <laughs> Let's go over the family budget. Well, they don't comprehend the family budget, you know. So you're not going to share with them certain things until they develop in their ability to understand. I think that might also be true in God's communication to us. The other side is the responsibility side. I'm not going to give the kids, the young kids, things they're not able to handle, the things they're not able to be responsible for. And, and I think it is the Lord's, uh, it's probably the Lord's mercy towards us sometimes to not share certain things with us because then, like I said before, then we're accountable to it. And so in his love and patience and mercy, he waits for us to grow. But our thing today is we can all be in faith about hearing. We can, you can make this decision based on the things we've already taught. You can say, I believe I know God's voice. I believe that I can hear from him. I have an expectation to hear from God. Why don't you say this with me today? Say, God is leading me. He speaks. And I hear, I know his voice. I believe that he will tell me what I need to know, when I need to know it, 
I believe in God's voice to me. Yeah. See, we can do that repeatedly. Even if you're thinking, I don't know if I even recognize his voice. Stop saying that. Don't build within yourself a consciousness of I don't know and I can't understand. Stir up within yourself faith to hear from your father because it is there. It's just a matter of acknowledging and believing it. Amen. And when you come to church, when you sit down to read the word, when you pray to him for, for direction, do these things in faith. You, you remember what James said in James chapter one about, about wisdom? Uh, and, with it, and that's certainly connected to his voice. God has a wise voice. Uh, what James said is that when you do this, he said, he said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So what we want to do is get out of this wondering, wavering, not sure if God will, if he can, or if I can, and just get, get real firm about this and say, oh, no, I can hear from God. Everything will be fine. Well, I can't decide to take this job or that job. Well, I understand that. We've all been in situations like that. Say, but just follow it up with, but God is faithful. and He lives in me and he loves me. I'm gonna hear his voice. I, I'll totally know what to do. Even if you don't at the moment, but I can hear from God. Amen. Say, if I start talking like that around my family, people are gonna pass out. <laughs> he never says stuff like that. Well, why don't you start right now? Well, I can hear from God. Well, we're having this trouble in our marriage. Well, why don't you follow up with the trouble in your marriage by saying, but I have a God who loves me and he guides me and the Holy Spirit directs me. So he's gonna tell me and he's gonna tell you, we're gonna know what to do. He's gonna talk to us. Yeah, but the kids, oh, they're up. You see what the kids are doing? They are messing up. I know, but the Lord is gonna tell us what to do. And we know him and we know his voice. So we'll be fine. There's just a little shift. It's not just positive thinking, but it is positive and it is thinking, but it's based upon God's word. It's just getting into faith about hearing from God. It's the, I mean, if we really believe in him, we can't go around acting like we don't know him. He lives in you. And the more you do this, the more you do it, and the more when you hear, you respond and, uh, and treat it wholly, your level increases and your ability to recognize his voice increases more and more and more. Amen? Let's begin in faith about the voice of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us. You are a good, good father.